Robert Bader is here, the co-author of one, two, three, four books and counting about the Marx Brothers. And he's not alone. Bill Marx is here. That is Harpo Marx's son. Guys, thank you so much for joining us on WGN. Well, thank you, Steve. Yes, Bill and I were sitting here uh, singing along to the Groucho clips. And and, uh, we were fantastic during the mic check. I hope we didn't peak too early. No, you guys. (laughs) Well, I'll be the judge of that, or our audience will be. 312-981-7200. If you have questions, please text or call in. Bill Marks, a musician, Juilliard trained, the Bill Marks Trio. People know you from that, but of course, as Harpo Marx's son, you know, famously, and I could get this wrong. So, in fact, I probably will get this wrong, Bill. Uh, Bill so I need your help. Uh, but something to the effect that Harpo wanted as many windows in his house as children. So whenever he left, he could look back and see a child in every window. Is that apocryphal? Is that a misquote? Tell me about it. That is attributed to George Burns, I believe. Uh, I was there, and I don't recall who said it, but it is in his book, and I know it's in mine. Uh, it's it's so true. Uh, he was just a, a, a subsequently a family man. He started when he was 48 years old to be a family man. And, and uh, what was that? Is it round ig- one? Ig- ignore it. Ignore it. That, uh, <laughs> Keep going. Uh, where are we? Keep talking, Bill. Oh, okay. Uh, his wife, Susan, decided to have a family. And so they went out and adopted four children. And that is the story that has gone around quite a bit that he would wave hello and goodbye to all four children, each one in a particular window, waving goodbye to him or waving hello to him. And there were always dogs in the photograph as well. So you grew up around your brothers, sisters, uh, but also dogs and Harpo Marx. A great childhood? I had a wonderful childhood. I had a terrific childhood for two reasons. Number one, he was my father. And number two, he was a a man that I was able to work with because he wanted me to work with him. I wound up doing all of his arranging for the harp. The minute he left uh, Love Happy, his last movie, I believe, and uh, I, I, I taught him all new arrangements, and we had a, a father-son and professional relationship together. And you can't do any better than that. And he always asked me to do things that I never thought I could do. But he had the confidence in me and, that I didn't have. And we went ahead, and I, I, I did it to please him. And son of a gun, I was able to do it. And he kept asking me for more and more. Uh, musically, he was, he was uh, just a, a sponge for learning things, whether it was, quite frankly, music or painting or 
especially golf. We golfed together quite a bit. Mm. And so he, he was a student of life, and uh, I was grateful to be there. Uh, Robert Bader, uh, you recently produced the uh, PBS documentary Groucho and Cavett, an American Masters series to Cavett on his friendship with Groucho Marx. You've co-authored or authored many books about the Marx Brothers, where did that interest come from in the first place? It came from discovering them on television when I was about maybe eight, nine years old. And I was quickly obsessed with them. As a little kid, I would run off to the public library and look them up and find all sorts of things about them. And, you know, this is just around when they had a big resurgence in the early 70s. And I just couldn't get enough of them. And as each movie came on television, I would be in front of the TV set, whether it was on in the middle of the day, I would pretend to be sick and stay home from school, or it would be the middle of the night and I'd set an alarm clock and sneak into the living room. My mom quickly figured this out and she said, uh, yes, I understand you're going to be sick today. I believe Channel 5 has duck soup at 1130. (laughs) So, (laughs) So I just was a very young, fanatical Marx Brothers fan at a time when a lot of people of my generation also discovered them, and Groucho was still around and doing things like the Dick Cavett show. And I can vividly recall seeing my first Groucho Dick Cavett show and being almost surprised at the older fellow with the beret that sauntered out. And I said, yeah, I guess that's the guy in horse feathers jumping up on the desk and singing. So it was kind of a, a bit of a culture shock for a little kid to see that he had been an old man because I don't think I related to the amount of time in between making those movies and being on those talk shows. But I think about it now, and more time has passed since I watched those films for the first time to now. So uh, I'm I'm not quite as old as Groucho was then, but I I feel like I'm getting there. But (laughs) I was just a young, a young obsessed Marx Brothers fan, and it's never left me. And my friends tease me because to this day, I'm into the exact same things I was into when I was 10. I've not evolved in one minute here. Well, uh, and he get, getting there. Go ahead, line. What was that? No, he was just, he's actually making fun of me, which is perfectly okay. Yeah, he remembers every line of every Marx Brothers picture. He's amazing. Well, some people wouldn't consider that amazing, but I do occasionally just, you know, in the middle of conversation, insert lines from Marx Brothers movies to see if the other people are paying attention. So, Robert, <laughs> did you ever meet Groucho? We weren't close. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what I do want to say is I've met Dick Cavett, and Dick Cavett and I became great friends over his friendship with Groucho. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting to me because I, because of being friends with Bill, I feel so close to Harpo, and being friends with Dick, I feel so close to Groucho. It's a very unusual feeling of having these secondhand relationships, but they're good because I just wasn't on the planet early enough to be good friends with Harpo. But, you know, I was fortunate because of knowing Bill to get to know Susan, Harpo's wife and Bill's mom. And amazingly, I got to co-write her memoirs, which came out uh, last summer. It's called Speaking of Harpo. And it's sort of a project that laid on the shelf for a while. It would get revisited by her now and then. And then Susan was an amazing lady. Um, In many ways, as amazing as Harpo or any Marx brother. Susan was very, very special. And her story was like pulling teeth to get some of it out of her. She didn't want to talk about show business. She didn't want to talk about her being in the movies. 
She wasn't that interested in that stuff. Show business didn't really impress Susan. But she but, was, but she was in the movies, and she appeared in many movies, uh, including co-starring, if you will, with W.C. Fields. But yet, as you point out in the book, or as she does, I don't care about any of that. And Right, she wasn't impressed. She was more interested in raising her kids and having a family. Is that right? Bill could probably tell you <laughs> a little bit about that. You know, Susan's mother tried to push her into show business, which actually, yeah, Bill, mentioned Susan's mom a little bit. And my mom never thought she was a very good actress. And she was just doing it to sustain uh, enough funds for her, family, her mother and father. And when she met Harpo, she just said, hey, I got to get out of show business somehow. And she turned this gentleman around who had been the only Marx brother that had not gotten married and divorced. And he married her when he was 48 years old and mm. she was 28. And they decided she, she kind of pushed him around into all of this. And he became a family man. Instead of a rover, which he had been all of his life. I think it would be fair to say that he welcomed Susan pushing him around. I think he was looking for it because he had a completely different lifestyle than the other Marx Brothers once he met Susan. He really changed. And I think his destiny was to be the father figure, the great dad. All the other Marx Brothers kids secretly wished Harpo was their father, some not so secretly. Mm-hmm. Groucho's daughter Miriam used to go over to their house when Groucho and his first wife would be fighting or things weren't going so well. She would seek sanctuary at Harpo's house. Uh, I'm friendly with Zeppo's son, Tim, who has also said the same thing. They all wanted to be at Harpo's house. That was the place that they wished their family could create for them. Interesting. And we have so many text questions. And here's what they are. What was Zeppo really like? People really want to know about Zeppo. What was Gummo really like? There's actually a question here about that. What was Groucho really like? Tell me more about Harpo and what he was really like. Bill Marks is a Juilliard musician, played with the Bill Marks Trio for many years. We're talking with Robert Bader as well as Bill. Robert Bader is co-author of lots of books about the Marx Brothers, including Speaking of Harpo, uh, which... That's one text. Say that title again, Steve. So I just did that. Lots and lots of text here. I don't have to ask any of my own questions. So, uh, Bill, your book, Harpo Speaks, gave us a whole new insight into the parents of Bill Marks uh, and their uncles and extended family. Do you have another book in you, Robert? Well, Bill's book is Son of Harpo Speaks. Susan's book is Speaking of Harpo. Oh, no, it's confusing. Of course, Harpo's book is Harpo Speaks. My suggestion to anyone who's confused is buy all three. (laughs) Fantastic trilogy. And I say that only being a guy who is involved in one of them. Um, It's wonderful to get the whole story from different perspectives. But Susan's perspective is so unusual. People ask what the Marx Brothers were really like. If you want to know from someone who really knew them all and knew them all well, Susan pulls no punches in her book. She'll give you the uh, honest lowdown on her brothers-in-law. And rather than speak for her, I will suggest, uh, first of all, there's a website, speakingofharpo.com, where you can see about nine minutes of Susan on camera talking about some of the material in the book, because it's one of the interviews that was used in making the book. 
she is absolutely brutally honest about Groucho and Chico and Zeppo. In particular, Zeppo, probably the most complex guy in all of show business, let alone just the Marx Brothers. How so? <laughs> well, all of those secrets shall be revealed. I'm just finishing up a biography of Zeppo. Aha! <laughs> which is hopefully going to be published sometime later this year or early in 2024, but I'm doing the best I can to get it out as quickly as I can. So much new information about this guy, and some of it, of course, came from firsthand sources like Bill and Susan, but the guy was just absolutely fascinating. The least interesting thing he did in his life was being in the Four Marx Brothers, and he'd be the first person to tell you that that was a waste of about 16 years. Huh. Uh, he accomplished so much. He became a very successful talent agent in Hollywood. He owned a manufacturing plant, made aircraft parts during the war. Um, sold that company for millions in today's economy, uh, just an unbelievably successful guy at everything, and was also friendly with people who should probably be best classified as, well, I'll just say organized crime figures. Uh, Zeppo was heavily involved with some people who were um, very uh, sketchy. Uh, well, two of his friends ended up having pretty grisly deaths and uh, I'll leave that for people to read in the book when it comes out. But <laughs> let's just say Zeppo was the only member of the four Marx Brothers who had a friend turn up floating in a bay in Florida in a tin drum. Oh, no. Well, I'm surprised Chico, uh, because he was a gambler as well, uh, didn't have friends that had the same outcome. The difference was Zeppo occasionally won when he was gambling. Oh, really? <laughs> All right, I want to ask Bill Marks a question. Bill Marks, you're the yeah. only person, I think, on the planet who has ever recorded a jazz version of Havana Gila. Of Havana Gila. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I befriended a gentleman who was the producer of a very, very popular show at one time called I've Got a Secret. And his name is Alan Sherman. And he decided he didn't want to be in... Uh, New York anymore and uh, I was on the show and he, he said I'm coming out to the coast uh, where I lived I lived in uh, Los Angeles and he got a hold of me and he said I want to meet your dad and he did and the next thing you know he is singing parodies of famous songs and 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 he, he, that, that was the thing that he loved doing the most in uh, just like Mel Brooks and uh, Carl Reiner they loved doing the 2000 year old man before they ever recorded it at, at dinner parties well Alan did these parodies that came from like say South Passaic <laughs> and uh, really wonderful things, and and he, my dad arranged for Alan to go into uh, a recording studio for Warner Brothers, wow. and did the first album called "My Son, the Folk Singer." Well, I think I, I actually know who Alan. Hello, mother. Hello, father. Right. Oh, that was the, that was the dude. You're showing your age. <laughs> <laughs> no, never mind that. So people want to know. We only have a well, couple minutes here. People want, they need to know from both of you, your favorite Marx Brothers films. Robert, you can go first. You know, we were talking about that over breakfast, and I keep waffling between duck soup and monkey business, but if you're pushing me for today, I might have to say monkey business. 
Well, regarding waffles, none of us had it for breakfast. But, <laughs> I wish. Uh, my f- favorite and one of their least good movies, my favorite was Go West. And the reason for it was that my dad carried that entire movie. He was phenomenal. He, the, uh, Thalberg had died, who was his, his idol, uh, along with Chaplin. And, uh, and, and the brothers didn't want to do any more movies for MGM and Louis B. Mayer. So, uh, but they insisted, they had a contract. And so dad did the, did the movie, but he was the one of the three that really, really stood out and was, mag- for me, magnificent in everything that he did. And that's why that's my favorite of the movies. Hmm. Not the best, but my well, favorite. Well, he asked you for the favorite. Hey, Steve, before yeah. we do run out of time, I want to say if people have a chance to see Groucho and Cabot somewhere on PBS or on the PBS app or on PBS.org, uh, Bill Marks is playing the uh, lovely uh, piano version of Hooray for Captain Spaulding over the closing credits. <laughs> so if you're thinking of shutting the movie off in the middle for whatever reason, stick around to the end and hear Bill. It's wonderful. <laughs> it's a great way to get one less plug, plug in. Uh, Bill, what was Charlie Chaplin like? I never met Charlie Chaplin. Uh, my, my dad just thought he was the best hmm. of, of, of everyone. And, and I didn't ask you really, and, and people are texting me, what was Groucho like? Uh, very difficult to know, uh, brilliant. He never wanted to be an actor. He wanted to be an author. And uh, he was an avid reader. He was an intellectual. He was, of course, brilliant. But he was, there was a sour side to him that you never could get really through in terms of him showing any outward love uh, real real love and i know he he loved people uh i don't know whether it was a question of love or respect for others but he was particularly respectful to people like Nunley johnson and 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 uh, norman krasner people that really knew how to write arthur sheikman uh, his his love was more appreciation than he was capable of letting that love out of himself. Uh, Bill Marks, the best thing about talking to you is you talk! So thank you very much. Uh, I know you don't do a lot of these things, so I'm so grateful for you doing this. Robert Bader, thank you very much. And uh, Frank Ferrante, who still travels the country doing Groucho shows, Helped to hook me up with you, Robert. So I wanted to mention the brilliant. And you tell Frank if he wants plugs, he has to show up and do it himself. <laughs> I was going to say the brilliant Frank Ferrante. <laughs> Thank you, Frank. guys. I we know you do. Thank you. A pleasure I, I, to talk I, I, to you. I have one more talk for you. Read, speaking of Harpo, it is a wonderful book, and Rob has done a fabulous job with it. Excellent. I had a gun to his head when he said that. <laughs> Thank you, guys. 